There's a lot of excitement because we, I truly believe, are in a season of asking. And I'm going to get to a little more of that in a second. But our children, if you have any children of any age, they know the art of asking, don't they? Like my three-year-old back before Thanksgiving was walking around the house, going outside to play with a catalog, a toy catalog, a catalog, and he would not put it down. He thought the longer he held it, the more stuff in it he would receive. I I think Daisha, my wife, maybe threw it away or something, but he literally, at a three-year-old age, he thought that he was going to get everything in that catalog. My, my nine-year-old son, the next one, he went way above and beyond, and he actually made his own catalog. Like, he went into Ezra's catalog and tore out some pages, and I looked through it, and this is what it says, Lincoln and Ezra's. He threw him in there because he's trying to get from the naughty list to the nice list. He threw that in there. Lincoln and Ezra's Christmas Ideas. Front page, I don't know if you can zoom in on that or not, but the front page of that thing says, Lincoln really, really wants this. (laughs) That's what it says. So I I just was thumbing through some of this stuff because I haven't looked at it much. He's got a ping pong table. I said, Lincoln, do you understand that your oldest brother, who's 15 and six foot one, sleeps in our laundry room? Where are we going to put a ping pong table? And, and he said, Uncle B's house. I said, no, nah, we're not going there. I made that last part up. The next page it does this. I don't even know what this is. It said, Lincoln wants this. And Lincoln wants this. And then then again, trying to get from the naughty list to the nice list, he gave Ezra a whole page with a little blue battery powered car. And he says, Ezra wants this. And it just keeps going on and on and and on and and on. But it's a season of asking. And um, I, I just tell you that here at this church, we have been in a season not of asking, Listen, you can go back and look. We preached a couple of messages several months back where I stood on this stage and I said, hey, listen, guys, prayer is not about asking the Father for anything. It's not about coming to him with our requests. And I told you guys that we have to enter into a season where we're just listening to the Father. There's a conversation in heaven taking place between Jesus And God and the Holy Spirit is bringing that conversation to us. And so we entered into, listen, I have heard unbelievable stories and encounters between you and the Father simply because you started listening for the conversation. Unbelievable things have been happening. And so guys, we entered into a season of listening to the Father. I listened to him more than I've ever listened to him before. I was talking at dinner table just last night and I told the story of my day because my wife asked me and I'm going to share the story of my day yesterday with you at the end of this time this, this evening. And I said, I just felt like the Lord told me to fill in, then I'll, I'll fill in the blank later, but I said, I feel like the Lord told me to do this and so I just did it. And Lincoln, my nine-year-old who made the catalog looked at me and he said, you hear God talk? And I said, yeah, man. I said, if you would slow down just a little bit, you, at a nine-year-old, could hear him too. So, man, we've been in a season of listening. I believe, because I know my father, 
that some of you heard him speak to you tonight during the worship set that we had. And I'm not going to speak on listening tonight, but I want to just say this. Please get in the habit, whether you're a part of Hope City or some other church, or you don't even know why you're here tonight, please get into the habit of saying yes to whatever you hear God say. Just get in the habit. And I promise you, you probably will be scared. You will think that you're inadequate, but where you end up will blow your mind. I stopped by Pastor Bradley's office just yesterday before we left to go home. And I said, hey, dude, I I want you to tell me when this thing starts to scare you. That may be the weirdest thing some of you have ever heard. But I believe what God is getting ready to do in this community and this world is going to be a little scary. Not a kind of scared where I'm going to run and hide. No, I'm actually going to run closer to him because I want more of what he's doing. His goodness is going to blow our mind. And that came out of all of just a season of listening. I've gotten a habit before I share any message, whether it's here or whether I go and speak somewhere else, I just get in the habit of asking him this question, God, what do you want me to say to your people? So I said that last week. I said, God, what do you want me to say to your people? I mean, God is Christmas. Give me a good baby Jesus in the manger, Bethlehem star, wise men, frankincense. Give me something. And he says, God, you're still in a season of listening, but you're also right now getting ready to be ushered into a season of asking. Let me just say that again, because I actually responded way better than you guys just did. I said, God, what do you mean saying? He said, Scott, yes, you're still in a season of listening but I'm ushering you into a season of asking. That is all of us. We are being ushered into a season of asking great things of our God. I know that may put some of you on the edge of your seat. And right now in your mind, you're telling the person who brought you for the very first time, I knew I didn't want to come here. We have intercessors, and we prayed for a little while before you guys ever came here tonight. And they said, what, what's the word? I'm like, I want you guys to leave this place tonight. Like, I want you to leave somewhat disappointed. Because many of you, and I see all ages in this room tonight, but you leave disappointed that maybe you have spent the first 20, 30 40, 60 years of your life not walking in a relationship with that God. I want you to leave here tonight challenged and never going back to having some mundane, ritualistic, boring relationship with God Almighty. I'm going to be all over the place in scripture tonight. I've got so many scribbled notes. I, it's like a coloring book up here. I know what it means because that's how my mind works. But I just want to start with a story tonight um, that's going to come out of Luke. So if you want to hold your finger in Luke 18, I'm going to talk about a guy by the name of Bartimaeus who was actually blind and he was a beggar. And for those of you who don't go to church very often or you've never been to church, listen, blind Bartimaeus was not at the manger scene the day Jesus was born, all right? 
Just want to get that out there. How would he see the baby Jesus? I don't know. Maybe he was kissing a pig. I don't know. Here's the deal. You got to understand, for those of you who are on the edge of your seat wondering maybe if I'm going to be making this stuff up tonight, that the God that he's describing cannot be that good, he cannot be that personal, and there's no way I am going to approach the Father God like that. No way. I just want to let you know that everything that I'm going to read tonight is coming out of Scripture. Most of it's going to be coming out of the Gospels or the, the books that make up the gospel. And I want to just tell you right now, real quick, James 1, 17, just to set the stage of where we're going to go over about the next 25 minutes. And in, 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 in James 1, 17, I, I, I'm not going to read it, so I need it on the screen. I don't have it memorized because I'm not that good. But if you, the gist of James 1, 17, there it is. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good and perfect gift is coming from the Father. Now, your life may not reflect that yet. Your life may not look like you've been receiving these perfect and pleasing and beautiful gifts. And I would just push you just a little bit tonight into the fact that maybe some of us in this room have never asked him some of the things that he has placed on our heart. See, this guy by the name of Bartimaeus, who was blind, who was a beggar, and before I even tell you the story and read it to you out of Luke 18, I need to let you know something. This guy, Bartimaeus, did nothing, did nothing. He did nothing to deserve the goodness that God lavished him with in this story. He did not do one thing to deserve it. Actually, he, if you know society back in these days, for those who were scholars in the room, you understand that that being a beggar puts you almost at the bottom of the totem pole. Like in society, if you were a beggar, you were not even seen. And then put on top of that, that he was blind, that he had a sickness back in those days. They said to themselves, his mother or father must have done something very wrong that God is punishing him for what his parents did. So this blind Bartimaeus, who was a beggar, he did not even have the potential to do something good enough to receive the Father's gift. He couldn't. He was blind. And he was just a beggar. And you see, that spirit is alive and well, even in our day and age. That there's some of us in this room that our life doesn't look like the Father and the heavenly lights is showering us with perfect and beautiful gifts It's because we don't think we're worthy. We don't think that we're good enough. We don't think that we've done enough good stuff to receive those good and perfect gifts. So let's just pick up here in Luke 18. And I'm going to start reading at verse 35. As Jesus approached Jericho, it says, A blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. 
And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing. And he called out, Jesus. And that's way tame because I guarantee you, he screamed it out really loud and probably obnoxious. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And if I was speaking to business leaders and leaders in the church, I would just preach this next sentence. I wouldn't go any further because I know that there's some people in this this room that are leaders of leaders and you own businesses and you tell people what to do. You tell this person to go that way and they go that way. You are the boss. People look up to you. People are looking to see what you're going to say. And if that was the case and that wasn't, wasn't Christmas Eve Eve, I would just simply preach this next sentence, but for, because we're here at Christmas Eve Eve, I'm going to go past it, but I want to pay, have you pay close attention to it real quick. It's the 39th verse, and it says, those who led the way. Some of you in this room, you lead the way. It says this, for those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. Listen, listen, leader, father in your home, do not be the one who is putting out the flame. I need you as the leader of your home, the leader of your corporation, the leader of your community, the leader of your church. I need you not to be extinguishing their flame. I need you to fan it. And if you want to, throw some gas on it. Enough of the leadership stuff, all right? Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more. Sounds like one of my children. Son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 40, Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, listen to what he asked him. Because some of you struggle with this. Jesus asked a man that no one even ever recognized his existence. Jesus said, hey, what do you want? Me. To do for you. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus is standing there asking blind beggar Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? And the rest of the story, just maybe some of you have taught this and you've sat through this teaching. You've heard this in Sunday school class. You've been in these services. You've read this story. But listen, tonight, something different is going to happen because we actually are going to do what Bartimaeus did. Listen, Jesus heals him on the spot. He says, hey, dude, have your sight. Your faith has healed you. And we know the story goes on and blind Bartimaeus goes and he's not blind anymore. So now he's just Bartimaeus. And he goes and he starts telling everybody what Jesus has done. That's phenomenal. I don't want to focus on that tonight. You see, there's some of us in this room that we've got to understand that there are only two things that Bartimaeus was able to do properly. He only did two things right, I think. Now, if you want to dive into it, we can pick it apart and spend a lot more time thinking that, hey, he rose above the crowd. He didn't listen to the negativity. Yeah, I get that. But there's two main things that he did. And there's two things, maybe one thing, that some of us in this room we struggle with. The two things I see that Bartimaeus did right was the first is he got into the presence of Jesus. That's it. You see, some of you, I wanted to ask, I believe some miracles took place here this evening before Pastor Bradley ever came. I hope a miracle took place when you guys gave the offering. Um, But I think there were miracles taking place in this room. You know why? One, because Hope City, Hope and Dumb had a Christmas Eve Eve service. 
It wasn't because we had phenomenal worship music. It wasn't because Bradley came up here and did a phenomenal job praying you guys in again to the present. It wasn't because some pastor was going to come up here and talk. It's because the presence of God is in this place. And Bartimaeus, that's all he did. He got into the presence of Jesus. And I'm going to really push you. I I believe that Bartimaeus probably had heard about Jesus and knew that he was the savior of the world, that he was God's son, but I'm not for sure. He may have not even been a follower of Jesus, but he had heard all the stories and just wanted to go see what the big to-do was, and he just got into the presence of Jesus. And the other one was that he answered the question when he was asked. He answered the question without hesitation. Jesus said, hey, Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? And he answered the question. I believe that we may struggle with one of those two things. I believe some of us struggle with getting into the presence of the Father. And I know that that is sometimes foreign language to some of you. Can I tell you? Just up until recent years, it was foreign language to me. Listen, I love the church. But just because you're going to a church service does not mean you're getting into the presence of the Father. Merry Christmas. No, I'm not giving y'all your gift cards back that you'd already given me. But listen, I'm honest. Just because you go to church does not mean that you get into his presence. Did you know that there are some people that can't go to church because they'll die in other countries that are not as great and prosperous as this? And they're into the presence of the Father all the time. Some of us struggle with that. Can I tell you that that is our goal? It's to help you want to get into the presence of the Father. I don't care what has happened in the past. I know people have hurt you. People have lied about you. People have wronged you. People have disgusted you. We Christians have a good way about us doing that. But my goal here, one of them, is to help you understand that the Father wants you in his presence. That's what Bartimaeus did well. And then the second thing that many of us in this room probably struggle with too is that, man, we struggle with telling the Lord, God, whatever you call him, telling him what we want. And some of you are, whoa, 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 whoa. I hope lightning don't strike. That's blasphemy. We don't get to tell God what we want. We can't treat God that way. That's not the God I've been taught about. And to that, I would just simply say, man, just please be careful who you're listening to. Don't take everything that I say to be actual, the gospel red letter in ink and cement. Listen, please go and find out for yourself by listening to the Father and reading his word. What is he saying? Because some of us right now, we have our guard up. I cannot tell God what I want. That's not the God I serve. First, I would say, just please be careful who you're listening to. And then I would have to ask you, sort of scratching my head, have you read the gospel message? 
Because if you read in the gospel message, here's the scripture. I'm not going to turn to it, but it's, it's actually in John 5, 19. That tells us that Jesus Christ, listen, Jesus just didn't go to Bartimaeus and do whatever he wanted to do. Jesus wasn't having a good day and said, hey, you know, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to heal somebody today. No. I'm going to be extravagant, whatever, big. <laughs> That's the Wahlberg coming out in me. You can judge me, but you'll have to answer for that, not me. <laughs> extravagant. Jesus didn't wake up on the right side of the bed and say, I'm just going to be good today and heal somebody. No. You see, our Father is a generous God. And please hear me with all the love that I can muster. You see, and you understand that. And that's what I want for you. Like, that's what we're setting up for you. Is that you can walk hand in hand in a relationship with God. And the only thing that you want from him is just to be lavished by his love for you. Like, you want his affection on you. But what I know, because, listen, this is just, we live in the South. And this is what God's called us to. For too long, we've been walking and trying to work and earn his attention. And when you stop walking to earn his attention and start walking with him just to be lavished by his affection, you'll understand that he is generous. Because Jesus could only do what the Father was doing. Jesus could only say what the Father was saying. And so somewhere along the line, Jesus must have seen God do some amazing things. Generous things. Think back in the Old Testament, manna. A Red Sea parted. Jericho walls fell down. Listen, Jesus was not born in the manger. He didn't come into existence then. When God said, let there be light, Jesus was right there with him. So for a long time, Jesus saw his father doing some very generous things. And so Jesus encounters blind Bartimaeus and he heals him. All because blind Bartimaeus answered the question, what do you want me to do for you. And some of us struggle with answering that. And so right now, I'd love for you just to start processing and, and, and just let your mind run wild. Ask him big things. Actually, I, I do need to read these scriptures. Look, turn with me, John 14. Oh, I love this. I, I hope you guys are okay if we just continue on for just a few minutes tonight. I, I love this. I love this, man. I believe we could preach for this for years. And when this happens, the church is going to change the world because of Jesus. Look at this, John 14, 12, man. Jesus is saying this. This is Jesus saying this. He said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing I'm glad I didn't say that. That's Jesus. That's the same man who said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only, and we love that. 
We love what Jesus said there in John 3, 16 so much. We will go and look like idiots at sporting events with that on our sign. The same guy said this. The same man that healed blind Bartimaeus is the one who said this. I tell you the truth. He knew you guys were going to think he was lying. So he said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. I'm going to go past that. Listen, I'm going to go past that. We're not there yet. And I'm definitely going to read this next sentence very quick. He said he will do even greater things than these. All right. Because I'm going to the father and look at this. And I will do, I will do whatever you ask in my, I'll do whatever you ask. Some of you aren't asking because you're afraid of getting into his presence. You're afraid that you're going to be like intimidated by some foreign spirit. No, God says the Holy Spirit lives in you. His spirit is greater than any other spirit out there. So don't be afraid that you asking too big is going to be inviting a black cat to walk across your path. That's how some of us Christ followers live. He, he says, ask whatever in my name so that the son may bring glory to the father. That's key. And on this journey, we're going to reiterate that. Verse 14 my goodness, what else do I need to say? He says in this, you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it. Some of you are scared. And it's okay. I know that we're going to journey for many years beyond this point. Because if, even if aliens come and take me, God has lined up the people that need to be a part of this movement to tell you how good God is. And so what I'm telling you tonight is please ask him for big things. Ask him for big things. And listen, if you're asking out of fleshly motives, it's okay. You're not going to receive those things. You see, we, we use this language around here of kingdom language. Asking for anything in my name is meaning you're asking for kingdom things. And so if you're asking with selfish motives to build your kingdom, hey, listen, it's okay. God can handle that. He's not turned you into a pillar of salt yet. I still pray that he will some people, but... He'll deal with that later. But if you're asking for things that are to build your kingdom, you're not going to receive them. And can I tell you what the father does when I ask for fleshly things? He just says, hey, Scott, hey, hey, hey listen, this is as behind the scenes you're going to get tonight. Why are you trying to build your kingdom, Scott? Why are you wanting to have people know who you are? Why are you, why are you wanting to be on the cover of a magazine? He doesn't kill me. He doesn't punish me. He just says, hey, hey, son. Like the catalog that Lincoln says, I really, really want. Hey, son, you're not getting that. So that's shaking some of our theology up. He's not coming to get us. 
If he wanted to get us, he would have already gotten us. He's already proven that over and over. All right? So here's what I'm asking for in kingdom terms. I'm asking for every person who walks in the anointing of the Father, who understands the Holy Spirit empowers them and actually takes Jesus at his word, that we're going to do things just like Jesus did. And Jesus said, you're going to do even greater things than these. I'm going to ask in Jesus' name that every person that you lay hands on and heal them would see a healing this side of eternity. That's what I'm asking. That's a big ask. I'm asking that every person that we lay hands on would be healed here on this earth. I'm also asking that every marriage that is struggling in this community... And even beyond, I I will get my ask bigger in a little while, but I'm taking just this community right now one step at a time. I'm asking that in about two decades from now, when there's some young guy up here probably driving me crazy because the way he talks and says things, who's actually leading this little part of the movement. In about 20 years from now, I'd love to know that marriage and divorce, that separation has been eradicated. I'm asking in Jesus' name that no divorces take place in this community. That's kingdom ask. I'm I'm asking that thousands of people would start to walk in their gifting that the Holy Spirit has given them. That's what I'm asking. And I'm asking a lot of other things that for time's sake, I'm not going to go here tonight, but I just want you to know that if you're asked, is off, listen, he's not going to give it to you. Go back and get into his presence and listen. I I, I can go on here tonight. I just want to share just personally before we leave here. I've been praying some crazy things lately. I've I've been praying Jabez's prayer. I know that that throws off alarms. But I read it early on in my Christian walk, and I was like, this is crazy stuff. I I, I just read it about three months ago, and I read it through a whole new set of lenses. Like my eyes have been opened to the goodness of God. And the prayer of Jabez makes so much sense. It's in 1 Chronicles, I think it's chapter 4, verse 10, I think. I'd love for you to just look at it with me. It's going to be right there on the screen. I I was given by one of my intercessors about seven copies of the prayer of Jabez. Three of them were teenage editions. And I gave my daughter, who is 13 years old, I gave her one of the copies the other night. And she read it in about 30 minutes. I've been praying this prayer every day since I reread that book. And I pray the prayer, God... Would you bless me and enlarge my territory? Not so that I may prosper. Not so that I can go build my kingdom. But God, enlarge my territory when it comes to your kingdom. Guys, you don't have to go any further. Just leave that up there. I want you to see. You don't, 
You don't have to go any further than where you already go every day to see that take place. I said, Lord, let your hand be with me. Keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. I've been praying that prayer every day. And can I just tell you what happened just yesterday? I won't tell you how many times I have been blessed. And I, again, I know that in the South we go instantly monetary. Yeah, I've been blessed monetarily like crazy. Like crazy, but I'm not going to go there. I pray this prayer every morning and yesterday I went and just did my thing. I just existed through life and I just went wherever the Lord led me. Pastor Bradley and I and Pastor Mitch, we were sitting in an outback on Paris Avenue in High Point and we sat there just doing our thing. I mean, we ate a big piece of salmon. Bradley, you ate a big old steak and, and what, chicken and chicken, steak and chicken. <laughs> Enlarge my territory. Bam. Just sitting there doing our thing. We're just sitting there being Pastor Mitch, myself, Pastor Bradley. We're just, we're just, we weren't even having a religious talk. And we were about wrapping up and I noticed this lady came up and this is not, this is just, it happens every day almost. Had this gentle, or this lady come up to us in probably her mid sixties and she came up and she said, guys, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I just felt like I needed for you guys to come to pray for me. And I said, Marilyn, why don't you just have a seat right here? And her name was Marilyn. Have a seat. Just have a seat right beside me. And about 30 minutes later, after we got done praying for her, she just left. Because I've been asking God that he would enlarge my territory. So we went from there and they went ways. They, they drove separate because I had to go do something. I was coming back through Wahlberg and I stopped at the storage shed up here. I needed to rent a storage shed. <laughs> I'm preparing. I'm believing he's going to enlarge my territory. So I... Um, I need to go rent a storage shed and, and I went in there and the owner of the storage unit asked me to pray over his secretary sitting right there. And, and the Lord just downloaded all these things for me just to pray over her. And, and, and not my prayer, listen. But the presence of God blew her mind. And I went on from there, just literally two miles down the road and I was driving down, and I was going down Wahlberg Road. For those local, you understand where I'm at, coming to this place, going down Wahlberg Road. And I looked to my left in the cemetery. I saw an, an elderly couple putting a wreath on a tombstone. And the Lord, in his way, he said, Scott, stop and go pray a blessing over them. And I just said, no. <laughs> I did. I said, No. I, I, literally, I found my truck pulling into the little driveway in the cemetery and I got out in flat bill hat attire over my ears, whoever asked that question in the Ask the Question series, because I like to tuck my ears up into my hat. There's your answer. There's nothing spiritual about it. Seriously, that was a question somebody asked. Why do you tuck your ears in your hat? Why do you look so ugly? Right? You said it, I can say it. <laughs> so literally, I parked my car and I'm walking flat bill, coat, walked across the cemetery 
with my hands up. I was literally, I was like, I, didn't, I wanted them to see that I did not want to rob them. I said, hey guys, you don't know me and I don't know you and I don't need to know your name and you don't need to know mine. But God just told me to come over and pray a blessing over you because I know that this Christmas season is difficult for you. And, and I just laid my hands on the elderly lady and I just prayed a prayer of blessing. And that's all because I truly believe that I, I, I ask the Father to enlarge my territory.